Thought Bubble Audio. Look, up in the sky! You will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. Welcome to Beer with Geeks with Tim and Frank. Who are you? I'm Batman. I am Iron Man. Your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Hi, Christopher. I'm Nero. My name is Inigo Montoya. You're a wizard, Harry. A couple of guys with a couple of beers and a whole lot of pop culture nostalgia. Make it so, number one. Ladies and gentlemen, the Beatles. I mean, the dog in the ant. Life finds a way. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Now sit back and crack open a cold one. Because it's time for Beer with Geeks. It comes in pints? Shaken, not stirred. Great Scott! I was way off. I knew it started with an S, though. Hi, and welcome to Beer with Geeks, where two geeks geek out with beer. I'm Tim, and with me, as always, is my man who knows, with great power, probably comes... A great responsibility to drink awesome beer. It's Frank. How are you today? I'm doing well, and I do know that I have I have learned that lesson um, the hard way. Yeah. Yeah. What's the hard way? Somebody. Well, I have the great responsibility drink. to drink great yeah, beer. For, That's the yeah. You know. For, but you, but you know, it's not like you have a responsibility to drink beer on a show called Beer with. Geeks, Frank. I do have that responsibility. I do. Right. I do. You and do. that's the you great do. power. The great power is this platform we have, this microphone that we have. And the great responsibility that comes with it is to drink great beer. However, I may have abdicated my responsibility this time. <gasps> Frank, how dare you abdicate your responsibility to drink beer when I also abdicated my responsibility to drink beer in the same episode? No, I'm just kidding. I'm drinking <gasps> a beer. I'm better than you. <laughs> oh, okay. That was, that was one of us must always be drinking a beer at at one time during the recording of the show. That's the rule that the genie told us. Otherwise, we turn into a pillar of salt. That's right. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, I'm not drinking beer, but I am drinking bourbon. So it's still BWG. Ooh, um, good for you. As I hold up the empty yeah, bottle because I just finished it. Uh, but uh, yeah, this is a this is a bourbon that I I heard about on a podcast. Um, and uh, I'd never heard of it before, but I was happy to come across it. It's called Henry McKenna. Um, Henry McKenna, uh, Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey, sour mash whiskey. Uh, and it's, yeah, it's, it's really, really good. Here's the thing about Henry McKenna. It's, it's only 12 bucks for a fifth. Um, wow. That's, that's cheap for it's bourbon. Cheap Never mind and it's alcohol and it's good. Like it's actually a, a decent, like it's, I, I really, really enjoy it. I enjoy it as like a sipping whiskey. Um, I mean, I'll make cocktails with it too, but, but it's something that I'll, I'll sip because I actually genuinely just enjoy it, um, and it at at those prices, I mean, you know, you that's 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 quite a good price. So, um, yeah, it is. Uh, it, it's my my current the, my, the thing I'm I'm currently enjoying um, as as far as budget bourbon goes. Henry McKenna, uh, and I understand that they have they have some uh, like I think like a, a ten year or twelve year or something like that that are, that are more aged, but um, but this is just their their bottom shelf product and and uh maybe it maybe i'm i don't know maybe i'm revealing too much about my my not refined uh taste in 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 bourbon or something but i i I like it i like it's not the best i've ever tasted that's for sure but i sure like it good for you good for you i sometimes you don't have to have the best thing you've ever tasted. always have to have the best yeah sometimes you can just enjoy a thing for it being a thing it doesn't have to be the best right exactly exactly and i i enjoy this just (laughs) 
you know, after a, a, a long week or whatever, just to, to kick back and enjoy something. It's something that I enjoy. And um, I, I know that there are better things and I've enjoyed better things, but this is something that I'm enjoying right now. And uh, yeah, it's it's quite good uh, for, for what I want. So, so there you go. Sometimes there, there is something to be said for something that's just like, yeah, it's good. It's quite good. It's not the best, but it's good. I like it. Yeah, I like that, too. I'm I'm drinking something that I would say is better than just good. I'm drinking a Peroni Frank. I've had them on the hey. show before. Oh, yes. They're still delicious. I'm still trying to turn my chromosomes Italian. I think it's kind of working. Bibbidi-boobidi. Is that, is, that, is that good? I make it a spicy meatball. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, but I mean, you are Italian, so you are allowed to make the spicy meatball oh, if see. you want to. I got it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just allowed. I'm just, you know, whenever I go to somebody's house, I have to bring something with me, whether they ask for it or not. That's, that's right. like the thing. That's what I have to do. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, you do. Yeah. I, have you actually? There's a um, YouTube, um, Instagram video series. Have you like with the guy where he does? He plays like, all the characters and he's his grandparents. Oh, and they're, they're like the giant faces. Like, oh, why you no bring it something? Yeah, yeah, the Italian, um, old Italian people. Yes. Oh, yeah. My gosh. Uh, I love them so much. My wife, who is Italian, gets a huge kick. Uh, who gets a huge kick out of them because she's like, "Yep, that's pretty not exaggerated." Accurate. No, it's not. I, yeah, it is it's not exaggerated. Not, yeah. Oh, it's so good. I love it so much. Um, but uh, Frank, the, uh, my beer aside, we were just speaking of things that are just things, and you can take them or leave them. They don't have to be the best things in the world. They have some good aspects, but you know what? Sometimes the thing is just a thing, and that's okay. And that reminds me of the Amazing Spider-Man series. Yeah, that sounds so, about right. Sometimes a thing is just a thing. Just a thing, and that's fine. Yeah, Frank, do you follow Spider-Man Twitter at all? Not really. No, I I do for some reason. I don't know why. Um, maybe because I like Spider-Man. Maybe you know that's a good not, reason. Yeah, it is a good reason. I like Spider-Man very much. One of my favorites as a kid. I've grown apart from Spider-Man as I've gotten older. Um, which is not something that I really ever expected to happen. Hmm. I think it might be more the direction that Marvel is writing its comics right now that I'm just not, just not interested in what they're in what they're in what they're pumping out. But I'll still I still love the character. But anyway, um, I um I follow Spider Man Twitter, and there's a lot of amazing Spider Man fans out there. Amazing Spider Man One and Amazing Spider Man Two, starring Andrew Garfield and and Emma Stone, right? And there's a lot of like, let's be honest here, this film is a masterpiece, and then four wide shots. Sure. You know, like there's a lot of that happening. Sure. Like you one film Twitter, learn a different word besides masterpiece. <laughs> I know, it's so overused. <laughs> that word is so overused. Oh my gosh. It's oh my like gosh. something could just be good or great or awesome or swell or whatever, but not everything is a masterpiece. You know, swell? Monet's yes, yeah, well, you know, whatever. <laughs> you know, I'm not here to judge. Um, except if you use the word masterpiece over and over and over Hey-o. again. <laughs> yeah, like all right. So like, I need to get on my masterpiece soapbox. Oh, for a second, here we I'm go, sorry. folks. Here all we right, go. It's a rare so Jim soapbox. It's a rare oh, Jim right. soapbox. All right. So here we go. Here we go. All right. So Monet's like lilies are a masterpiece. You know. Van Gogh's not Van Gogh's pronounced Van Gogh. Um, Van Gogh's Starry Night or Iris's is a masterpiece. The David is a masterpiece. Mm. The Sistine Chapel is a masterpiece. Heck, Campbell's Tomato Soup, you know, by you know, um, 
What's his name? Andy Warhol. Andy Warhol. I was like, are you are you about to say that Campbell like the soup is a masterpiece? No, no, no. The the art, you know, the no, the pop. No, no, I do. Andy Warhol. Like, yeah, like you could even say that is a masterpiece because it's it's metatextual, right? It's making fun of consumerism by being by being pop art by being consumer art innovative. Like that's that's good. A wide shot with bright colors is not a masterpiece. It's just a wide shot. With bright colors, you can find it aesthetically pleasing. You can find the composition really good. You can find all of these things good. You film Twitter are not deemed worthy to call things a masterpiece or not a masterpiece. Like, what gives you the right to say those things? Are you going to take that shot, that cell from that film, and hang it in the MoMA? Like, I'd probably not. Like, that's just not... That's just not what we use that word for. You can say it's good, it's great. You can say you love it. You can say it's one of the best things you've ever seen. It's not a masterpiece. That is reserved for a very select number of things. You know what? I am the walrus, not a masterpiece. Yesterday, a masterpiece. Hmm. That's the difference, right? Huh. There are, right? You know, but you know what You're I'm not saying. Wrong. You're not wrong not, at all. I know. And it, sometimes those things are intangible. Like you, you can't always have the language because language is limiting. You don't always have the language to talk about why things are great and why you love them, and that's okay. But by using the word masterpiece over and over and over and over again, you're diluting that word. Yes. Like things are really no longer awesome. Like oh, yes. awesome used to be grand and majestic and fantastic. Something and wonderful. that filled you with a sense of wonder and awe. That's right. And now awesome is just that's cool. That's good. I enjoyed that. That's great. It's we because we use the word so much, we dilute its meaning. It's like F word. It's, it's like the F word, right? We if you use it so much, you dilute its meaning. It has no further meaning. I oh my god! I really hate it when people overuse those words. Exactly, exactly, Frank. Um, and R two D two for that matter. You know, R 2s chiming in. He knows what's up. He likes to swear. Um, and so, so I'm sorry. The Amazing Spider-Man and The Amazing Spider-Man 2 are not masterpieces. They're just not. But what they are are very competent, for the most part, movies that you can turn your brain off and it gives you some of the best dang Spider-Man action in anything. This has been Tim Soapbox. Oh, yeah, thanks. Thanks. Thanks for the sound. It really took me out of yeah, the, yeah. you know. <laughs> you're, wrong, kept, you're not I, wrong, though. You're I not nothing, kept going. Nothing you've <laughs> said is wrong. Nothing you've said is wrong. Uh, I, 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 um, there's a lot to like about those movies. There's a lot to, to love about those movies. Uh, Masterpiece is pushing it, but I do find them really, um, they're fun. They're fun popcorn spider movies. They're not my favorite spider movies. No, um, no. But uh-uh. they're but they're still Spider-Man, and there's still something super redeeming about them. If those movies, we say this all the time, Tim, if those movies had come out in, in 1996, in 1996 yeah, we would have lost our minds about how good they were, right? Like, we would have yep. the same way we did when we saw Tobey Maguire. We lost our minds at how good it was, how good it seemed. And, you know, Science Award, et cetera. But, mm-hmm. but we've, <laughs> we've, we've hashed that out a lot. But, but, um... But those movies are, are still very endearing, the, the the Sam Raimi ones, and and so are so are the the Andrew Garfield ones. Yep. No, I I, I think there's the first Amazing Spider-Man movie has more going for it than I agree. the second one does. I agree. I, I, 
the, the action sequence is not so much. The second one, the action sequences are superb. They're sure. they are so well shot and choreographed. Um, and there, there, but there's what what the Amazing Spider-Man does really well. There is a constant thread of Peter saving people, and not people that he just knows. It's not like the Tobey Maguire movie. Yes. He's like, well, I gotta save Mary Jane again. Not anybody else, just Mary Jane. Um, it is. I have to save regular New Yorkers. Yeah. Yeah, he's just swinging through the streets, and and he's saving regular New Yorkers, like Spidey does on the comic book page. That's right, and he has relationships with those people. Like, he, he like, there's, I think it's an Amazing Spider-Man 2 where he, like, sees a kid getting bullied, so he comes down and talks to the kid, and, you know, he's like, you know, like, and Andrew Garfield said, this wasn't in the script. I wanted this in here as a fan of Spider-Man. I was a fan of Spider-Man growing up, and as a kid that age, I really needed something like that. Sure. And and so, like, I wanted that in the movie for kids who need something like that. And I'm like, that's what Spider-Man is about. That right there. That's what superheroes are about. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, it's not always about the well-choreographed action sequence. It's not about the wide shot. It's about what are you doing to help people. And The Amazing Spider-Man really does that well. The first one and, and the second one. Yes. It's got, it's got, it has their issues. Yeah. But, um, but, but like, the second one has more issues than the first, I would argue. Yeah, so yeah, let's talk let's talk about the first one first. Let's, let's talk about the first one first. We saw both these movies together, by the way. We did. I remember yeah. I vividly remember seeing the first one with you. Um because I had previously seen it and I said you should see it because it's fun. Because Spider Man actually quips. And I think that was yeah, that's right. that was that. important because as much as I like Tobey Maguire's Spider Man, he's a better Peter than he is a Spider Man. Yep. Yep. And he, he just like as a, just generally, the way that he, Spider-Man is written in those films. Uh, thank you. I, I, that's what even, I was going to say. It's not even Tobey Maguire. No, it's, it's not a performance. Because when, when he, there are moments where Spidey quips in those movies, and when he does, the rare times that it happens, Tobey mm-hmm. delivers it great. Um, but he's just not given that much quipping to do. No. No, he's not. And um, Spider-Man, the amazing Spider-Man, goes further in that direction where Peter's a little like he's not necessarily the cool kid but he's not really the class nerd he's more like the class offbeat kid sure you know he's like the I'm the I like photography kid I you know like I like skateboarding and jean jackets and you know I I listen to alter I'm the alternative I was gonna say alternative is definitely the word yeah yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. which is fine I actually like that take on Peter um you know he, he doesn't have to be the the he doesn't have to be the social anxiety kid sure. um you know which um which is what toby's peter was and tom holland's in some way um tom holland's more like the really brainy kid like what i also yeah. like about is they they all show different aspects of of who peter parker is you know in different eras of of what he is but P, the peter the amazing spider-man especially in the first one is um the rebellious teen, mm-hmm. right? How dare I? How dare you? That kind of, and that, that really works for me. You know, as a teacher, I see a lot of teenagers every day because it's my job. It's what I do. And like it, what he says and how he acts and how he holds himself really rings true, even though he looks like he's 26 years old. It's fine. <laughs> um, but that really works. I think the Gwen peter love story like their chemistry was incredible in those two movies didn't hurt that they were dating in real life 
No, it didn't. And it's sad that they are not together it anymore. Is just, yeah. you know, because they, I mean, it's not my business, whatever, but they really work on screen. They worked really the well on screen. Incredible on screen chemistry. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful on screen chemistry. Um, I, I'm blown away by it, honestly. Um, it's one of the things when I say that those movies have very good points, that's one of the best points about those films. Mm hmm. People, I remember people harping on Peter revealing his identity to Gwen early mm. and be like, he, like, but he's like, just as a crush. And I'm like, that's what you do when you have a crush. That's why they rang so true. I'm like, your brain's not working when you're 16 yeah. years old and you have a crush and you can do these really cool things you want to show off. He actually has that great scene where he shows off dunking the basketball. Yes. Right. Taken yes. right from Ultimate Spider-Man. That, um, yeah, that that really works for me, too. Even even the lizard works for me in that film. I like they went for the original design of the lizard, the original Steve Ditko design where he doesn't have a snout. You know, that's not what people were used to, but I, I yeah. like it. You know, it's funny because it, 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 rub, it rubbed me the wrong way. It rubbed me the wrong way because it's not what I'm used to. But you're right. It, it does go back to the original. Um, right. But but seeing it, it just something looked off about it because I'm not used to it. And that's that's fine. I, I Whatever. Like, I, I've gotten over it. Yep. Yeah, I mean, you can't like everything about everything. Sometimes you can get over design, and then other times designs are just, they're like, why why, why was that your choice? Yeah. Why? Why, 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 why? Um, keep continuing the thread of Amazing Spider-Man. I think um, Sally Field and Martin Sheen were brilliant choices of casting. Brilliant choices of casting, I will agree. However, criminally underused. Sure, I think Wander Uncle Ben is always underused, but I think. But when you have Martin a, Sheen, like, see, here's the here's the thing though. I think I here's the th because we have an emotional attachment to Martin Sheen already for yes. whatever reason. You know, I there's a weight when he dies because I already have an attachment to him, as opposed to Cliff Robertson, who I didn't know when I was sure. I I didn't know him when I was however old I was when Spider Man came out. I don't even know, but um. But I even knew who Martin Sheen was at that age, you know, uh -huh, so I, uh -huh. I would have almost had a, a bigger reaction to casting somebody so large that they're, yeah, so they're Martin Sheen. It's almost like a stunt casting, but but I care when when they're gone. You're yeah. right that Sally Field is definitely underused, though. She's definitely underused, yeah, because she didn't die. Um, but, uh, yeah, she, <laughs> I, I, it's just, it's a bummer that we didn't get more we didn't get more of, of, of either of them, really. And by more um, with with Martin Sheen, I mean even a little more. But but definitely could have gotten a lot more Sally Field. If you're going to get two such big names to, you know, lend legitimacy um, to your project, um, I feel like, you know, you get some get some use out of them. I don't know. But mm -hmm. that's, that's me. Yep. Yeah, I I agree. And here's the thing with Amazing Spider-Man Two. Let's go to the. We'll go to the yeah, next sequel. one. The 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 first one plays itself very earnestly. It follows in the suit of like Batman Begins, where it's like, oh, we gotta we gotta be serious here, everybody. Like we can have some fun, but let's let's take ourselves seriously, you know. Which is not Joel Schumacher yelling into yes. a microphone, megaphone, like everyone remember it's a comic book, you know. Like there's, it's not just uh, it's not just a comic book to people, right? It's it it's, it took itself it, more seriously for sure. Yeah, it's something breathable. So it's something that you feel, something ta almost tangible. 
Uh, you and, could um, feel the teen angst just oozing off the screen. Oh, you sure could. You sure could, couldn't you? Um, Amazing Spider-Man 2 decided to ignore that. And I, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I think that's actually what does the film a disservice in that, like, it still looks great. It's beautiful. It has my favorite Spider-Man costume out of mm. all, uh, how many films? Seven films so far, right? Three, three and three. And then however many times that Spider-Man has shown up. Yeah. Avengers not counting his own films. Um, so, uh, is no, that's not right. So three, three Tobys, two Andrews, which is five, and through, two, and, Toms, and two Toms, which is the third which is one seven. coming. Yeah. Right. Seven with, almost yeah. eight. So, yeah. Okay. Um, so, um, it's my favorite. I love the big white eyes. I love the colors of the red and blue. The texture of the suit really works for me. I think it's all it's all great. He's nice and skinny and gangly the way that Spider-Man should be. Sometimes when he's too like muscly, I'm like, you're not flexible. He should <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> You're not yeah. flexible. He he should be. He should be gangly because he's a teenager. <laughs> you know That's what right. I mean? Like he That's should right. he should be. Um yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, so I, but it 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 goes for earnestness when it comes to some things like Peter and Gwen's relationship, which like it just ratchets it up all the stuff, and that's not necessarily what a good sequel should do. It shouldn't always ratchet up everything. Yeah, maybe some of the stakes should be higher, but sometimes like you need a grounding somewhere. Not everything has to come apart. So like, oh, Gwen's going to Britain and the Peter and the trust and the this and the like. Too much angst. There was there too was much. enough. The you have too much, too much angst. And then all your and then you have okay. So you have your, you have your Rhino, you have your Electro, you have your Green Goblin, you have your this and your that. And I'm like that's that's a lot. It's not so much that because like they don't all play off of one another. So it doesn't necessarily feel stuffed. But but they were like okay, Andrew, you're gonna play this part earnestly. And all the protagonists will play their part earnestly. All the antagonists pretend that it's 1966, and you're and you're in and <laughs> yeah. and you're in the Batman Adam West TV show, would you? Okay, we'll see how these things clash together and see if they work. Or not. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so that's um, that's where I think Amazing Spider-Man Two really falls off the bandwagon for me. What do you or the, yeah. just the wagon? No, the I completely, wagon. completely agree. Um, yeah, it, it does feel like they just gave a completely different set of direction to the to the villains. I also feel like the movie was a little there was a little too much going on in terms of villains. Like they they Sony can't help themselves, it seems. Um they they pulled well, a spider. This was the this was the era of I gotta compete with Marvel. Yes, absolutely. Right? Absolutely. This was the same year, don't forget. The, uh, well no. Uh Spider Man uh, Amazing Spider Man two would have been 2014, so that's the same year that like uh, um, Age of Ultron came out. So right, right. So we're in that phase uh, of the Marvel uh, of the MCU, uh, and that's what they're competing with at that point. And uh, it's it's just... no Age of Ultron was 2015, so it was coming. Okay, it was on its I way. Just, I looked. I used my one. Thank you. Coming. Thank you for it keeping was on me on. But no, but you're right. But it, we knew that it was coming. So you exactly. know that a second Avengers movie is coming and they're all together. It's the second time they've come together. So now there's this pressure like we got to get somebody to join. So we can't have the heroes join. So the villains will join. Exactly. Be Which there was and... not a bad idea. Not a bad idea to to, to 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 tease a villain team up movie was actually a really good 
idea as a like okay well they're doing the heroes team up movie we're gonna do a, a villains team up movie. like like to tease that eventuality was a really really fun idea and having the whole oscorp thing at the center of it like all that stuff was a fun idea on paper it was more of the execution and more the joel schumacher was directing the villains and uh and not the heroes <laughs> that's right that's right because mark webb is a good director um and um I just always loved the irony that his last name was Webb and he directed mm-hmm, Spider-Man mm-hmm. movies. Um, he, he's a competent director, and it definitely feels a lot of that feels studio mandated. I completely agree. Yeah, it felt like Amy Pasquale more than um, more than Mark Webb. Yeah, um, because the parts that work really work there's like that that indie earnestness is still there so well done so so yep. well done like he was such a relatable kid and even though he was yes. eight years old he was he a relatable was, uh, yeah. you know teenage kid to a degree uh you i you know i i felt like i had a lot in, in common with him when i was in high school this bourbon apparently makes me agree with you real hard oh that's nice that's yeah. good to that's good to know yeah. yeah um do you want me to not Say thing. Do you want me to test that? (laughs) I don't know. How do you feel about uh, Electro? Um, I love the design. I think I think he looks really cool. I love the translucent blue skin. I think he's in a different movie. He is in a different movie. Yeah, I think he's in a completely different movie, which makes me a little nervous as to why he's back for the third Tom Holland. Spider-Man movie for the third Marvel Spider-Man movie um, because Jamie Foxx is a good actor and like he was definitely given a direction and like you, you do this and he was like okay it's all goes back to Jack Nicholson right it's all or it's all like I saw them ham it up and I'm just gonna ham it up no problem yeah I think it kind of does I think it kind of does I mean yeah yeah I, I think that's the, the the basis for it yeah yeah and that just doesn't I it just doesn't it doesn't it work for me. No, and it's 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 very Selena Kyle Batman Returns. Yes. Like I'm mousy and nobody loves me. And now there's a thing that now I got licked by cats or electric eels or whatever, depending on whatever movie. <laughs> yeah. I'm in. And now and now people are scared of me because I'm a Looney Tune. It it works for Burton. It works for Michelle Pfeiffer really well because it's all madcap like that yeah even like that, batman always... Re- batman Re- i mean the licking of the cats thing not so much but even as a kid you know, i had a hard time with that i'm gonna be honest with you <laughs> i did i did too but this is also the same movie where we have no problem with the penguin being raised by penguins I'm you know not so say i have no problem with it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean like like the bourbon has taken a turn i am no longer agreeing with you <laughs> yeah i guess so but you know like where's the line are we drawing here no it's true like, it's true i'm not okay the cats brought her back to life but i'm totally okay that the parents who threw their child into the sewer when he was a baby was raised by penguins and then a circus and somehow is fine mm-hmm. yeah yeah like i mean it's, it's you know it's one of those things of like if someone if someone showed you a picture of danny devito and then and give you that story you'd be like oh, okay that makes sense <laughs> poor danny devito <laughs> danny devito wore a fat suit to play the penguin that's true which i thought was fun that is true um you didn't really need Danny DeVito at that point if you're going to put the person in the fat suit. Yes, you did because his acting, the acting, and and also the height. 
uh, the height. Also, that. <laughs> yeah. No, no, you're not wrong. I love him as the penguin. I Don't do. I do wrong. too. I do. Too, I, yeah. I love the take. It's so interesting. I not my favorite version of the penguin, but but you know, it's different. As we have we said since the beginning, sometimes things just are things. Amazing Spider-Man Two is a little less than just a thing. Yeah, it's right. Not. I don't know if the the narrative doesn't work as well. It's a little too mushed, and I think that the inclusion of Harry Osborn is just nonsense. Too much. It's like, oh, my blood is destroying me, Peter. I need your blood. <laughs> there, if there's Spider Man. There is just like, too much going on in that movie. God, talking about it is, is bringing back all the feelings I had when I saw it. Where I was like, gosh, there's just so much to keep track of. And then we do we do the death of Gwen on top of that's it right. all. That's right, Death of Gwen. Peter's parents were spies. Don't forget about that with the secret, right? the secret subway car, which is a comic thing. Like not the secret subway car, but the, you know his but parents. Spy his thing. parents were spies. Like that's all fine. Like I don't have a problem with any of that. It's just too. You just you're trying to do one movie. You're just trying to do too much in one movie. This is a terrible thing to say, and I I think Star Wars ruined franchises. Ooh, say more. Okay, here's what here's the hot take. Star Wars, the original Star Wars, original trilogy, yeah. is told in three, right? It's New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi. And ever since then, the majority of franchises go, we gotta do three. Yes. We have to do three films. We always have to do the trifecta, the trilogy. We gotta call it the trilogy. No, you don't. Right. You can just you can just keep going. Not everything does this. You know, Bond obviously goes on. Mission Impossible goes on. Um, um, Marvel or whatever. Even Batman in the nineties. You, mm-hmm. you just recast and keep going. You know, but sometimes like you just can. You could just keep going. Like Ramy Ramy's did did three. It was going to be four, but they opted to go in a new direction. Here's the three we got. We have the trilogy. We got to we got to do something else and. I that's no that's no good like it like just tell the story if actors don't want to do it anymore replace the actor yeah I don't yeah I don't I don't think that actors should really own their roles I agree with you largely some roles I think are too iconic to be separated from the actor but there's another word that gets overused iconic like give me an example before I agree with you okay I don't think that if they had recast Princess Leia in episode 8 or 9 that would have been a good decision I think that would have been I agree I agree with you Princess Leia is too attached to Carrie Fisher for for me I I really think just that's she is she is that character and yes, at some point we will see her recast and whatever, but probably in. But you're you also know, talking. You're talking about Carrie Fisher having "quote unquote" like ownership over that character for thirty years. Yes, exactly. And, that, and that's exactly what I'm saying is that there is there was an established relationship there. Where if you're talking about somebody who's played it for two years and they want out, but you want to keep telling stories with that character, okay, recast them and move on. Like we'll just right. we'll, we can, we'll get over it. It's a you know it's a play. We're watching a play, okay? Like tonight, the role of, uh, you know, who, whoever Peter Parker will be played by so and so. Okay, great. And okay, we just go from Good. there. Like I can't. I came to see Carol Channing as Peter Parker, but, but you know what? I'll, I'll watch Viola Davis. That's better. <laughs> that's exactly. actually. I didn't even exactly. know I wanted that, but that's the better one. So much you better. Know? Yeah. So you know right. what I mean? Like there, there are some where it's like, all right. So like, like Batman in the nineties. Just go mm-hmm. for it. Just do it. Just, just, just do it. That's right. Um, are the results always great? No, like Batman in the '90s, but um, but it's worth doing. I, or like Bond is probably a better example, where it's like make make each movie really good, and with That's not right. without as much concern about the 
well, it has to be a trilogy. So this is, is this the middle or the end or the beginning? Right. Like, just make a good movie. You are correct in a way. Um, so it's like Bond's a good example. Like, what if they were like, oh, like Connery doesn't want to play Bond anymore. Well, I guess we're done making James Bond movies. Right. Like, what is that nonsense? No, and you know what? Because we're character. done making, because we're going to be done making James Bond movies after this one, let's squeeze five stories into this movie. That's so, right. So we can cap it off. That's right. He'll go on five missions and somehow they'll all connect for no yeah, art like, for a very on. arbitrary reason. Yeah, no, absolutely not. No, here's the thing. You said that just make a good movie and worry about the next one next time. I I submit to you Star Wars, the sequel trilogy okay. as exhibit A as to why that's now, not always the way to go. You're correct. You're correct. That, uh, so so let me add. Now, that's not just the bourbon talking. You actually agree. You with are. Me. You are. No, you are correct. <laughs> I feel, okay. feel strongly that that was a mistake that, but to not have a story. But the difference there is that they set out to make a trilogy and they didn't know where they were going. Going back to my original thesis of Star Wars ruined franchise. Yes. Uh, so you're, yeah. you're you are correct. Listen, you have the masters. You are the master of this masterpiece. Oh, so ooh, ooh. Uh, masterpiece <laughs> theater with Tim. So <laughs> anyway, exactly I won't do the whole thing. Precisely that. So mm-hmm. you know, you, I, I defer to you on, on these things. But yeah, I, I I I completely agree. Uh, yeah, I. And that's not, obviously we love Star Wars. You know, we're talking. We have the Gospel according to Lucas now on everywhere podcasts can be found, um, right? You know, obviously we love Star Wars, um, but uh, I think that sometimes people subconsciously try to be Star Wars, and even when it comes to something as simple as like we need a trilogy. And now because you get jammed into that place, now we'll never know the end of the Amazing Spider-Man because it set up all these plot threads. It was too interested in making its next movie without making the movie that was in front of it. And now I like who was the man in the hat? Like why is Norman Osborn's head in a glass jar? Why does Dane DeHaan keep getting cast in movies? These are the questions that Amazing Spider-Man will never answer for me. Speaking of Dane DeHaan, that Green Goblin look, like, like, oh, what, what monster decided that was the way to go? I mean, I guess it was Mark Webb, but I guess, but like, I'm so, like, look, I, I, we have Sam Raimi's Power Ranger Green Goblin. It works. <laughs> It, it 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 works. He, you know, like I I get where that was coming from, and so on. And like I get why you went in that direction. It's fine. I I like it because it's nostalgic for me now. I didn't like it as much as a kid, but I I like it now. Um, I just like who who thought that grimy and grubby goblin was the way to go? Like, just looks awful there's and a he's spo- yeah he's supposed to look awful because he's dying but like that makes it worse somehow there's a gritty uh sliminess to the to that world to it's a lot of the villainy in that world that i don't really care for i i guess that's kind of where my where my kirk connor's um problems are too with the it's not just the snout is there there's there's just an overall kind of griminess to to the to the, the there's a whole aesthetic there that 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 like evil is slimy and grimy and i don't ew, i just don't like that look like even for evil i don't like it 
That's a really that's really interesting point. I think I mean like lizard in some way you almost get a pass because he's he's a lizard. Yeah, he's like yeah or whatever. He's doing his lizard thing. But you're right. There's always this grime. There's this sweat in this. It's almost like a. You ever watch it? Um, any of the um, Godzilla films from the sixties and seventies? Sure. Like there's like I think it's Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla, where there's like the, everybody is sweaty in the entire movie. I remember as a kid, like why are you all so sweaty? Like I know you're nervous, but this is a little ridiculous, <laughs> right? And and it's kind of in some ways it's kind of like that. We're like heroes are clean, villains are dirty, and it's just a choice that doesn't resonate for me, and 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 it's kind of off putting for me. Even the I don't really care for uh, the translucent skin uh, for Jimmy Fox and stuff. Like I don't that sort of also rubs me the wrong way. There's just something kind of gross about it, and I don't really get grossed out um, by even like straight up like horror films and stuff that are meant to be gross. I'm mm-hmm. I'm not repulsed by it but something about the aesthetic of of the villains in these films ah, just didn't just didn't sit right with me that is i i love that and i think you're you've you've hit on something i've never thought about aesthetically about those films and jamie fox's translucent skin doesn't bother me i I really like it as i said before but you're right it sits in that same category as exactly uncomfortable grime uncomfortable evil is Evil is uncomfortable. Evil is grime, which is actually a fine thing to say. It, it's like you're making a point that, like, don't be like this, be like this, you know, and you're doing that visually, and that's okay. But I don't always, maybe I don't want that. I don't want that. I don't want Norman Osborne's head in a jar. Like, what is, what is that? That's so gross. So strange. So um, strange. And, and so, um, but with, um, oh, shoot. I, great power I, comes. He does a great responsibility to end this podcast soon so why don't you <laughs> why don't you take us out and i gotta th- i had to think about dane DeHaan. oh i know i find i knew what i was gonna say before we wrap let's end it so i i can't remember if i talked about this on the podcast or not i've talked about it with people before um i've talked about it with uh our friend lauren friend of the show um you know but there's there's gritty realism is the thing that always gets thrown around right have i talked about this at all on the show i don't know go for okay. it all right, this is number two. This is number two. Here we go. Grit, people always put gritty and realism next together, together, right? There's always like, oh, it's going to be gritty and real, gritty realism, gritty this, gritty realism this. It's never just it, – it's never gritty on its own or it's never real on its own. Sometimes the real world is actually really clean. I hate to break it to everybody. You know, like sometimes like, it's, you know, like we wash our hands. We clean our faces. Um, and sometimes gritty um, – can also be fantastical. It can be otherworldly. It doesn't have to be, quote-unquote, real. And that wave of, I blame, Batman Begins in the Dark Knight, um, that, uh, you know, like, it's real. In some ways, I even blame uh, Jason Bourne, like, that style of, like, it's in your face, and it's like this, and it's smashing, blah, blah, blah. It's, It's fun, and it's great. It doesn't apply to everything. It doesn't always work with every character. The Green Goblin is not realistic it's just not electro is not realistic the lizard yeah. is not realistic they went with steve ditko's design because they were like people won't believe that the lizard has a snout why, why do, am i to believe that he could turn into a giant lizard in the first place right. who cares if he has a giant snout or not you know it's like you're taking like the wolfman approach like you know like oh when he become when lon cheney jr becomes the wolfman he doesn't grow a wolf snout okay that's because the movie was made like a couple de- a couple decades ago and they didn't have the prosthetics to do something like that. That's okay. Now we do. Please continue and make him a wolf. Right. Would, would you, you know? So 
the the lizard falls into that trap. Dane DeHaan's Green Goblin ultimately falls into that trap. Yeah, people won't believe that his skin is green. People won't believe that he like he looks like he has long ears or this or this or the mask moves or the this like. People won't believe that a 16-year-old who gets bit by a radioactive spider begets powers. Exactly. You have to apply the rule to all or none. Right. You can't have you can't have clean fantastic Spider-Man and gritty real Green Goblin. Aesthetically, they don't go together. They don't go together. They just don't work. You have to pick one. And then pair that with the wildly different, like acting choices where one is clean and realistic and acting with human emotions and the other one uh is gritty and 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 real looking but acting like he's in a 60s comic book uh like it it just doesn't go together at all and 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 that's that's really the problem i have with amazing spider-man 2 amazing spider-man 1 i thought was like okay um was a good movie it was a fun movie the second one really kind of went went too far in that direction where where the villains were in a different movie both in the way that they looked and the way that they acted and there were just too damn many of them mm-hmm. yeah the juxtaposition between those the between all those things just is what makes the movie which makes amazing spider-man 2 fall apart it lacks it has cohesion. really strong very good yeah yeah it waxes on but doesn't wax off exactly um yeah and the um or actually, I take that back. It actually does both at the same time, and that's Ooh. the problem. So it's like Schrodinger's yeah. wax. Is it on or off? Yeah, that's right. The cat is both alive and dead in The Amazing Spider-Man. We, we're not questioning. We know for sure. Um, so, um, and that's where the first one is okay. Everyone knows what movie they're in right from the start. It doesn't do too much. Plus, it has probably, I think it has my favorite Stan Lee cameo him listening to music in the library as the fight's going on behind Absolutely. him. And he has no idea what's happening. That is a that's his best cameo in it's every Marvel movie. So good. That 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 is that was my favorite until the Captain Marvel one. Uh where he's oh, rehearsing for Mall Rats. That's oh, yeah. that might be better, but they're those are number one and two for sure. Those are good ones. For sure. Those are those are really good it's, ones. It's it's the funny, maybe the funniest one. I mean, it is. It, it's it's the most the the, the Spider Man one it is so funny and so like he's part of the scene. It's not just it's not mm-hmm. just a, a quick cameo. It's like a whole thing that he is part. It's a, a, a slapstick comedy number that he is an integral part of. That's right. That's right. That's that's what's magical about it. I do love his cameo in Spider Man Three. Where he's like, well, I guess one man can make a difference. Yeah, yeah. Enough said. Enough said. I like it because he says enough said because I I, I wax nostalgic. Um, wax so anyway, on, Frank, wax off, wax, wax nostalgic. Off. Yeah. Whatever wax, you do, wax. do it with Tim's Soapbox Wax. Exactly. Tim's Soapbox Wax coming to you sometime in the future. Frank, where can the people find my Soapbox Wax? Soapbox <laughs> Soapbox wax. That's really say hard that to say. Five times fast. Oh my gosh, that you, is so hard to say. While you work on that tongue twister, uh, you can find the show at beerwithgeeks.com. You can find the show notes there. You can find uh, links to subscribe, links to uh, leave us reviews and ratings on all of the podcast uh, places, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, any any of the podcast platforms. You'll find us there. You can also email us at beerwithgeeks at gmail.com. Tweet at us at Beer with Geeks. 
Find a link to thoughtbubbleaudio.com where all of our other shows are, including our newest show, The Gospel According to Lucas, where Tim and I geek out about Star Wars and Jesus at the same time. It's a sort of Bible study for Star Wars fans. Check it out. Um, you can also support us and all of our shows at patreon.com slash thoughtbubbleaudio for as little as a buck a month. You get uh, extra bonus audio uh, from Tim and I as well as the warm feeling every night when you go to bed, knowing that you've done something to help us keep the lights on at Thought Bubble Audio. And after all, isn't that what you really want out of life? I'll leave you with that. Oh, that's good, Frank. Yeah. Tell the people good stuff. Well, anyway, Frank, this was this was fun to reminisce, but also theorize and also get mad in Soapbox. This was, there was a lot happening in this episode. Probably as much as there was in Amazing Spider-Man 2. Too much, arguably. But it was a masterpiece. But it was a masterpiece, just as you are. So until next time, cheers. Cheers.